Hello and welcome to Jimmy's Fan. This is James, and I'm literally in Melbourne, and I'm about to fly home in a couple of hours. I got to run to my bus in about an hour. My last, very last step on this trip to Melbourne, where I came to the Melbourne International Film Festival. Um, I uh, am interviewing Sarah. Sarah with two A's. Yes, it was quite, quite, quite an adequate pronunciation. Sarah Lamberg. Correct. Uh, she's a filmmaker. I met her at the uh, one of the networking nights at the 37 South Market as part of the MIF International Film Festival. Um, uh, I, I mean, I talked to a lot of people. Sarah took my interest because she has just written, directed, and produced her own feature film. Innuendo. Innuendo. That's completely her product. It's my baby. I call it my baby because yeah. I don't have any babies. So, um, and that was awesome because a lot of the people you meet there, um, they're writers looking for producers like me, or uh, directors looking for writers, or directors looking for producers. Blah blah blah. Or writer directors looking for producers, but um, which you were kind of doing as well, but. You're also kind of about to prove that you don't really need all that rubbish. Just do it all yourself. <laughs> yeah, just do it all myself. Um, Sarah, where are you from originally? I am from Finland and there's not many people there. So, you know, if you want to get something made, you need to make it yourself. Yeah, that's true. And where in Finland are you from? Helsinki. That's the main capital city, right? That would be yeah. the capital. Wow, you're impressing me. It shouldn't be. I shouldn't know that because like, they've hosted the Olympics, haven't they? So... You didn't go like that's somewhere in Central Europe, isn't it? Like right next to Switzerland. No, um, I have one Finnish friend. I think is from Espoo. Very sorry to hear it. Is it a bad place? No, just that you have a Finnish friend. Sorry to hear it. Oh well, don't we have two Finnish friends now? Mm, yeah, that's pretty much the whole population of Finland. So oh. well done. Awesome, I got it covered. Um, so you, you were born there, grew up there. Uh, until you're an adult? I don't know if I'm still an adult. That's a big question. <laughs> but you didn't move over for school. You didn't go to high school here. No. Um, so I did start my uh, even university in Finland before yeah. I went to England and then eventually uh, arrived in Australia six and a half years ago. What brought you to Australia? The plane. <laughs> Very funny. Um, that's actually that's actually in my film. That's a line from my film. Go and see it. Anyway. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll put the link in the show notes, right? You're going to give it out to the, the page where to bookmark for when it comes out <laughs> or where it's going to sh- screening. Do you have a page? Uh, yeah, yeah I have sure. A you can you probably easiest way is to just follow us in Facebook. So yep. just okay. Facebook search page. for Innuendo. You'll, you'll find us there. Yeah. There'll be lots of interesting. Um, I'll put you can, the link you in can the find out. Yeah, you can find our cast members and stuff like that from mm-hmm. the page as well. Little introductions and yeah. So, what was the question? I've got. Um, what brought you to Australia? Oh yes, yes, right. Um, I don't know. Sense of exploring. I heard there was a big landmass that someone had found already, but I, I could be potentially the next person to find it. You went flicking through a magazine and saw a picture of a, a white beach and blue water with sharks and crocodiles in it. I pretty like, much I hate all that stuff, to be honest. There's nothing more boring than a beach. Sorry, Australia. Yeah, fair enough. It's just full of sharks and you get eaten. They're a bit overrated. See, that's probably the more interesting part of it. Think about what you're writing and stuff like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, nothing wrong with beaches, you know, but uh, if you're doing something, hmm. yeah. Just walking along, yeah. thinking about how the world turns. Hmm. Well, you're in Melbourne anyway, they don't have beaches, do they? That's right, yeah. No, most of the time it's like it's freaking some, cold, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not in Australia. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing, there's no like big moment in your life that you're like, oh my God, I, you know, where, where, I did I Google where's Nicole Kidman come from and I'm going to go live with it wherever she's from. No, sorry, I don't really have an interesting enough story for you for your podcast now. I just wanted to try it out. <laughs> and I came here. And and so it's six and a half years later, I'm here, still here. Well, that is a bit of a story there because, you know, the first couple of years is fairly easy with your working holiday visas and yep. all that. But mm-hmm. after that, it gets pretty darn difficult unless you're a doctor or engineer or right. did you have to marry someone i did not oh. can you believe that it i found this particular visa that yeah. no one knew about including mm. the immigration called distinguished talent visa <laughs> and because no one knew about it including immigration it seemed like it was just reserved for people like brad pitt or yeah those types um anyhow it was the only one i really could have applied for because mm-hmm. i wasn't a doctor or an engineer so I did, and uh, I got it, um, surprisingly. Probably because immigration had never heard of this visa, they were like, yeah, all right, approved. What did you put as your distinguished talent? I know, right? Who knows? You didn't have to put anything down? <laughs> no, I did send about a kilo of paper of different references and stuff. So I uh, guess As a filmmaker? Filmmaker, actor, writer, director. Yeah. Okay, everything. A little bit of everything, and I think they just got, you know, too tired of reading it all, and they said, yeah, all right. Um, so when did you start filmmaking? I, mm, well, I've been acting since I was seven. Uh, I've been directing films for the last five years. Mm-hmm. So you're just sick of acting? Well, you still act, but you were sort of like, I need to get, I want more control. I want to go behind the camera. Or was it just a matter of growing up and wanting to do more I think I've always liked writing and that's where it started from I was decent enough <laughs> a writer I suppose to be able to produce scripts um, so to start with before I even directed I wrote some scripts for other people to direct where mm-hmm. I acted in um, and and I think it was just a natural progression to directing then and uh, as an actor you sort of know how to talk to actors mm-hmm. And that helps, I think. And then along the way of having been acting in films for the past 10 years, you pick up a lot of technical skills and especially independent film where, you know, everyone ends up doing a little Mm -hmm. bit of everything anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even if you're an actor, you certainly can take on more responsibility if if you've got, you know, if you want to. Um, So, yeah, I picked up enough skills to be able to to direct and, and did a few courses as well just on on the technical side of things because mm-hmm. you have to understand both obviously so as a child actor do you have a discovery story did you just rock up to an audition or did someone pick you out of a crowd or? yeah again no nothing that interesting no <laughs> was it were you working all the time like was it a big part of your life actually how I ended up on stage initially was that my mother was a part of a, like an amateur theatre group. That's right. And uh, yeah, because I was seven, I was too young to be left home by myself when mm-hmm. she went to her rehearsals. So I went with her 
And uh, I guess I was just really annoying little brat. I, I was, you know, seven years old. I had too much energy. So the director that decided that the best way to get rid of that energy was to put me on stage. So he sort of created a role for me in the whatever Shakespeare play they were doing at the time. I'm sure mm-hmm. that role didn't even exist. I was just like a, an assistant to a fairy or something like mm-hmm. this. Um, so, yeah, that was my first first time on stage on a Shakespeare play and I had no idea what any of it meant you know in mm, Finnish even yes. Shakespeare doesn't make much sense and certainly not to a seven-year-old so but funnily enough uh, I knew everyone's lines yeah mm-hmm. so I was quite useful as just the whisperer yeah. <laughs> so when anyone <laughs> forgot their lines yeah. I would know them even if I had no fucking idea what it meant sorry yeah. am I allowed yes. to swear thank you <laughs> Um, so yeah, I sort of doubled up as an actor and a whisperer. Yeah. Uh, and so, is mainly theatre, or are you doing all sorts of stuff? For the first, um, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years, I would have done yeah theatre only before I moved on to films. Cool. And like, was this a distraction from my like, high school? Did you go to high school? Did you, you Yes, I did. Um, do people go, oh my God, she's an actress? I'm do they, sure do you've the other heard kids that, know? that Finland's got the best school system in the world. So, yeah. you know, they put you in jail if you don't go. Um, no. Anyway. Well, you didn't get homeschooled, though. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, again, I was probably a little bit of an annoying brat already there. Because then, of course, because I had been in these adult plays, like with this group of um, amateur actors that were really passionate about their craft Uh, then when I went back to school and it was all these kids that weren't too passionate about doing theatre I was really bossy I was like let's do this seriously so I became a director so (laughs) I suppose I have directed for a bit longer than I actually think I have (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah I suppose already at, at primary school directed a few plays with the other kids and yeah so they weren't they weren't fast. Did you have did you did, did they do drama in school in Finland? Yeah. So that's where you mainly got to direct your first stuff in plays. Um, I guess you could call it kind of directing what I did with my cousins and <laughs> and sister yeah. even earlier on. Um, but yeah, no, let's not count that. Putting on a show at Christmas time. Or let's not count that. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Let's let's leave it at that. Okay, so you um, you finished. I presume you finished high school, and I think you said you went to university in England. Uh, I started in Finland, mm-hmm. um, and then I studying. Yeah. Film. Uh, that was a combination of film uh, and TV work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a bit of radio as well. Um, journalism and dramatic side so kind of quite I guess you could call it media studies yeah I guess that would be the best description Um, so again got quite a sort of a varied understanding or or like quite a thorough maybe that's a better word thorough understanding of of both being behind and in front of the camera Mm -hmm. kind of thing Um, so that's what I started with in Finland then I jumped to England as an exchange student to a completely different kind of institution that was contemporary theatre mainly and very, very kind of edgy stuff. Um, Is that like a semester or was it like a whole year? A year. It was supposed to be a year, but then I actually really enjoyed it and I stayed on mm-hmm. uh, and graduated from there. And so acting in theatre 
that was devised theater so it was again a little bit of everything writing directing acting yeah um pretty much creating the art yeah we hardly ever worked with existing scripts it was more like creating your own material Mm -hmm. and then forming that material and so did you get to write sort of classic stories or were you doing really crazy stuff yeah the classic wasn't really encouraged yeah okay. <laughs> i think if you really pushed it you could but, you but it was a rom-com <laughs> it was really really uh encouraged to sort of push boundaries and you know try out things that hadn't been tried out before and mm-hmm. and and i guess that's what fascinated me about it because because i had started with shakespeare you know you can't start yeah. much more traditional than that so for me to go to England then and, and do this really modern, edgy stuff was really exciting. Did you have to do Shakespeare while you were there? No, I think Shakespeare was pretty much banned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you, you would have been shot on the spot if you wanted to do Shakespeare. So you've, you've never actually got to experience Shakespeare in English? No, never. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah. And then, uh, what, and you, then you headed off to Australia after that? So yeah, after after I studied um, in England, I stayed there for another couple of years and Mm -hmm. I did some touring theatre, a few short films, uh, stuff like that, before I headed over to Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, And Australia, like where did you land? Here in Melbourne? Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. That was was always my destination Mm. in mind. I had travelled in Australia a couple of times before and it sort of felt like this was the arts capital mm-hmm. at least from my p- point of view at that point and yeah. uh yeah it pretty much is yeah yeah and what do you um did were you all alone or did you come with uh so so i've come with um an english composer mm-hmm. who uh, i met at uni um and we both still work together here um he's done music for all of my films pretty much so yeah. it's a really good collaboration um so you weren't alone no, I was not alone. Um, and also, luckily, um, did an artist in residency here mm-hmm. in um, in a place called Montsalvat, which is, I think, Australia's oldest artist colony. Yep. So oh, yeah. I was really lucky to um, get a place there for the first year. Um, and that was just a fantastic start for, you know, the, the art circles in Melbourne and, yeah. and Australia. Because... Um, Everyone goes to Montsalvat. Of, of certainly, all the weird artists go to Montsalvat. So yeah. there was lots of personalities there, and and got introduced to uh, to a lot of relevant people straight away. Mm-hmm. So didn't just have to, you know, land somewhere in Fitzgray in the middle of nowhere and not knowing anyone, but was already straight away in this really active um, arts center. Yeah. So that was. Just so you're a beautiful friends start. And connections yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So that was a That's beautiful a good idea. start. I would mm. be terrified. Um, um, so, Innuendo coming up. It's a feature film? Yes, a hundred minute feature film. And it's your first feature film? Yeah, yeah, it is. So I've directed uh, five short films before. And mm-hmm. uh, then going on to feature was sort of like, um, again, natural progression. I was like, if I can make shorts. This will just feel like a long shot. Yeah. It wasn't quite that easy, but, you know, um, I'm really, really glad I have um, have decided to do it and decided to take that step. And it has been really, really difficult at times, but it's completed. It's it's made. So, so it's just recently completed. Yeah, yeah. You're doing Literally uh, just this week. You did. We were doing post last night. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're currently doing DCP's digital cinema packages for our preview screenings, which are next week already. Have you so. got to do a test screening on a big screen yet? Uh, this will be the first. So obviously, yeah, we will test the, the mentioned digital cinema package before our guests arrive. But uh, yeah, haven't really done any big, big um, screen it screenings yet. the first yet. time you get to test the DCP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely terrifying and exciting and all of those things. Um, what? Um, so those f- short films you're talking about were they done in Australia as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, so as an actor, I've made short films already in Finland and England. But uh, yeah, I really started directing in the last five years. So mm-hmm. Australia. And why? What this? You wrote the script for Innuendo. What? What made you choose this story? Like what? What's do you want to pitch it? Well, what's sure. the what's it about? Well, Innuendo is a is a story of a mysterious young woman who comes to Australia to sort of look for her identity, I think. And and along the way, we find out that she grew up in a uh, oppressively religious little community in Finland, mm-hmm. and also in the shadow of her angelic twin sister. Um, and when she's in Melbourne, she starts modelling for life drawing classes mm-hmm. and. Uh, starts imagining things about the artists that are drawing her mm. and little by little these imaginations um, take a dark turn and and some pretty bad stuff starts happening <laughs> let's leave it at that all right so what kind of genre is it it's a psychological thriller uh, okay makes sense and what made you want to tell this story write this story it's hard work writing it you have to be something you're interested in. It sure is. I think I've always been interested in the kind of a twistedness of a human mind and, um, and yeah, the, the way religion can affect us in sometimes very negative ways and, and, uh, um, and the whole life drawing modeling, that came from my own experience actually. Right. I have done some life drawing modeling and it's a great great thing for a writer to do because you get to sit down and just when you're modeling you have to be just still for Mm -hmm. 20 minutes two hours four hours and you've got nothing but time to think it's like meditation yeah a little bit but i actually use that time to come up with this story structure um and the plot um and then after my sessions i just had to go out and write it basically (laughs) And so were you doing that in Finland and England before? Or is it just you turn up Australia and there's an opportunity you're like, okay. Yeah, that was again something that's that started in Australia. Surely they do it in, in Finland and England as well, but that was something that I, I've only done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you, how did you get into that? I think that was via one of the artists that I met through Montsavart. Oh, yeah. um, they didn't do it at the colony? They do. I haven't actually modelled there. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure they also do classes there. And do you have... Uh, do, uh, do, did you have issues with religion growing up? I personally did not. Um, I come from a pretty non-religious family. And I would say luckily, because I have seen the damage that it does in other mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah, I, I think I've got enough of a personal experience, not from my own family, but from, from people close to me. Yeah. that I've seen how it can affect your psyche and how it can yeah 
twist your I don't know your understanding of the world mm-hmm. sometimes in a bad way I'm sure it's look I'm sure there's a lot of good things about religion I'm not I'm not someone who's actively against religion mm-hmm. I just think some things um, may be damaging is religion still big in Finland yes yes I, th- I think there's certainly communities where it's big mm. um, where I grew up again uh, in a big city um, I didn't really grow up in that kind of environment but I know they exist these little pockets um, and and there's been quite a lot of um, even reason like in the recent years research that's come out about uh, child abuse and and, um, incest and pedophilia and stuff like that in Mm -hmm. these little communities and uh, yeah I did research that quite a bit uh, when I was writing this film yeah uh, so you've finished the script um, and something you want to direct what what's what's the next step you're putting your producer hand on how do you get this film made uh, so it wasn't always the question that I definitely wanted to direct it oh. I actually gave myself um, after after I'd written the script I sent it to a few competitions just to get some feedback really mm-hmm. um, because I think it's always a useful exercise for a screenwriter to get feedback from other people um, and then, you know, rewrite it and do new drafts and that. And, and a particular competition in Hollywood um, called Beverly Hills Screenplay Contest um, chose my screenplay as a bronze winner. Mm-hmm. So then that gave me a, an indication that, you know, it's, it's ready. Um, yeah. I don't have to work on it anymore and, mm. um, and I, can, I can now start offering it to producers and directors so at that stage, when I won, um, didn't win, but came third mm-hmm. in the competition, um, at that stage I started pitching it uh, to producers and, uh, and directors here in Melbourne. Um, and I gave myself a year for that process. I decided very early on that if within a year I haven't um, attached you know, a major director or a producer into this project then I'll just go ahead and make it myself because mm-hmm. I didn't want to end up being one of those people that has a dream of a film but never actually gets it up because mm-hmm. I had seen that happen to so many people with great stories um, that they just end up waiting and waiting and waiting and it might never happen yeah. that's why I gave myself a year and within that year there was a lot of interest um, from producers, even from major producers but unfortunately, there wasn't enough commitment for my liking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still felt like it was going to be several years in development. And I already had the script. So I was I was just thinking, why would I be in development for several years when I can just go out and make it? Mm-hmm. So then I did a crowdfunding campaign um, and um, just decided to make it with sweat equity, basically. And so how did you, what platform did you use for crowdfunding? Indiegogo. Okay. And how did that go? What was that process like? Um, it's a lot of work. It's not Is it just you or you hire someone to help you? With no, no, I didn't I, I didn't want to waste money on hiring anyone else. Yep. Um again, something I've seen other people do and not always very successful. You might end up spending more money than you Can end up making, making yeah. when you when you hire other people. So basically I just it was just me doing it. Um and uh, collected enough to be able to cover the basics mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah like I said uh, 200 people sweat equity went into the production um, 
And uh, interestingly enough... Of actual people working on it. Yeah, just yeah. Just chucking a few dollars on it. So, uh, including crew and cast members, yeah, pretty much 200. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I tell you a story? Yes. I went to this um, workshop after I'd completed the film with this Hollywood um, big name. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to name and shame. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's... he's um, workshop on how to make a feature film I thought well now I've made it let's go and find out how I should have made it yeah. uh, so good. pretty much all of his um, advice was don't do this don't do that don't do this for example keep it really simple just one location maximum three locations maximum eight actors no action scenes no special effects um, no this and that no flashbacks and I was thinking I've done that done that done that hmm. done that not only had I a few more than three locations, I actually shot in two different countries. That's right. On two I different continents. <laughs> I had shitloads of flashbacks. I had action scenes. I had special effects. I was like, yeah, it's good that I didn't do this course before I went into production. <laughs> well, from his point of view, he said it was just impossible. Mm. So, um, I'm well, thinking... Well, he's selling his course, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose he has to make money somehow. Um, now, you're filming in two different countries. Who flies to Finland? Is it just you? Just and, me, and yes. And you get off and the, you have to hire a new crew? There's no way that I could have um, um, paid for anyone else to go with me. So, mm. yes, I went um, and had a crew there and, and actors there waiting for me. Um, and, yeah, again, a bit of a bit of an interesting process because I had to do most of my casting online. All right, actors yeah. just sending mm. me tapes. Um, and, and pretty much based on that um, and nearly completely new crew for me as well I had met the, my assisting director before but I hadn't ever met the cinematographer or the, or the sound guy or you know any of those people mm-hmm. so it was really a lot of it was taking a risk but a lot of that risk paid off Are you the only producer? Uh, yes, I have an associate producer but I sort of steer the ship Yeah so you do have someone helping you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. In so Finland to help set up stuff before you get there? Yeah, so my assisting director in Finland was really good for doing mm-hmm. that. Um, um, and we ended up doing a lot of the shooting where he was based in Finland, mm-hmm. um, in the countryside. And that was really useful because he could go to those locations and negotiate before we got there. Um, so that, that really, really helped me. What season were you filming? So that was summer. Okay, so it's like you're not going there for the snow. Or is there still snow in summer? (laughs) You sometimes get some snow in the summer. Mm. Not this time, actually. It was very warm. Yeah, so you're just going for the landscape, not for the weather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it it could have made for an interesting look if we filmed in the winter. Mm -hmm. But I I did want that kind of, um, you know, lakes and the fields and and, and that countryside Finland which I think looks looks better in the summer than it does in the winter. How long were you in Finland shooting for? The actual shoot was five days um, and I was there a couple of weeks before just to arrange things and do some last minute casting. Um, interesting story there again, do we mm-hmm. have the time? Oh yeah. So there's, there's the twin girls in my film and um, I had done my online casting. <laughs> like literally and googled I, and twin I had, actors? Or? Mm, yeah, part of that. Um, partly one of my actors knew um, this particular set of twin girls mm-hmm. that she thought would be good and 
and uh, I did the online audition with them and and they were brilliant they were they had the right look they knew how to act and we're talking about people that are 10 years old yeah. so you know very difficult to find twins difficult to find ch- children um, difficult to find twins that are children that can act so yes. basically <laughs> I had found this set of twins yeah. and then was it maybe three weeks before we went into the production I got the message that one of them has chickened out. She doesn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) So then I was like, what am I going to do now? How am I going to find another set of twins that can act? So just one of the twins. So yeah, so now I only have one twin left. (laughs) Was she really angry at her sister? (laughs) I don't think so. I mean, and and, you know, they're children. You can't force them to do anything, Mm. obviously. Um, And I wouldn't want to. Um, So yeah, then last minute uh, I decided to just find someone who from behind looks enough like this this twin that I had mm-hmm. cast already um, and did it that way. And okay. it actually works all right in the film. But that was pretty scary. It would be. I couldn't even, I've never done anything like that. We've had to have two of the same people in the one shot and try and work it out. Sounds scary. It poses challenges, but it was, it was good fun at the same time. Um, now, the how many days were you shooting? So we did five days in Finland, uh, 36 in Australia. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a long shoot. And, well, not for a feature film, but it's not like, like you're saying, a short film, but longer. It's, that's a real slog. <laughs> Were you doing it consecutively? Like, no. Weekends um, off, so or? that would have been um, spread across nine months. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. And was it, ha- was it easy to keep the same crew and cast together? Was that a hassle? Um. Yes and no. Um, I think that's why I ended up quite a large number of crew members because not everyone could be there every day. Um, so obviously my main uh, crew members, like their DOP and their assisting director, they would always be there. But then some of the, um, I don't want to say m- more minor <laughs> crew members, but, but people that uh, do less specific roles, let's put it that way, runners and, you know... Um, stuff like that there would be a few of them that I would circulate so it wouldn't always be the exact same crew Um, now so the film you just said you finished finished this week post-production you're having your first like preview screenings before going to festivals next week and the week after yeah correct so yeah starting with um, just showing it to industry basically Mm -hmm. film industry here in Melbourne um, and um, also sending it to overseas festivals and. and how and, many people um, have seen the film so far? So so far, so far it's only been yeah pretty much cast and crew members probably about thirty people. All oh, right, so a few people seen. Um, what happens after that? What's the process of like? Are you going to have to sit down, and just go through pages and pages of film festivals, go that. Yeah, um, to start with, I think it's a bit more selective than that, just targeting certain festivals that we would obviously love to get onto something like Sundance, which is a massive big festival in in US, and and we are an indie film, Mm -hmm. so we'll see how we go, Um, that would be ideal, Um, but we have a long list of festivals that are sort of preferred festivals, and then second tier and third tier and yeah. you know work our way um, from there uh, but yeah really hoping to secure a big enough festival to um, to raise some interest for Inuendo uh, mm-hmm. for our premiering platform Are you excited? Are you scared? Are you nervous? 
I think it's all of those things at the same time. Mm -hmm. I know I look calm on the surface, but that's just the surface. <laughs> the very the, you got the classic Finland ultra cool. <laughs> Someone calls me an ice fox. The One ice of my fox, crew members, yeah. yeah. You sit there and stare them down. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good at the staring game. Yeah. Um, so the the first audience preview is that that the first time you're seeing it with like a real audience. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. In Are you going? I assume you're going. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be you there. Introduce I'll, I'll, the film. I'm always there. You can't yeah. get rid of me. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, it is really exciting. Um, and also, because I think this film is not mainstream um, thematically and, you know, plot wise. And I, th I think it's, I would say it's pretty edgy. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to I'm see the see reactions. I've only seen a little flyer, so. Yeah, it will be interesting to see the reactions and how people respond to it. Well, it's been really nice having you on. Thank you. It's really helped make top of my trip to Melbourne from Perth. Uh, we're recording here in the Forum Theatre under a this is crazy old theatre with a blue roof and they're just wedged in the atrium here. It's so beautiful. It feels nice like I'm couch. just looking yeah. up there. Where, where are the stars? Yes, mm -hmm. we need some projection stars up on there. Um, where can we find you on the internet? What's the best place for people to stalk you publicly? without being scary well you're all in Facebook aren't you yeah but you have a public Facebook page sure yes. yeah so you can either find innuendo that's probably the best one yeah. mm -hmm. um, if you really want to stalk me personally it's well if they want to see what next film is Lamberg so S-A-A-R-A -A, that's my first name and Lamberg L-A-M-B-E-R-G but um, I'm sure there will be news on the innuendo side as well of the next projects awesome Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. It's been nice talking to you. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too.